some of the things that I think the average music fan will come to appreciate and enjoy and engage with is a sense of ownership. So the fact that blockchain technology can give you an immutable status. So you know that the thing that you've bought, there is only going to be a thousand of them ever made. And it can literally have your name on it if you want. And that is something that the world of digital music has missed for such a long time. Hey, what's going on? Hope you are well and having a good week as always. I am traveling this week, so recording this from a hotel room just for context. Uh, But on this week's episode of the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, we're diving into NFTs in the music industry. Now, our guest is the very lovely and super smart Mike Walsh. He is the UK head of strategic partnerships at Serenade. Now, Serenade are an eco-friendly, very accessible platform for digital music collectibles. More specifically, they recently were the pioneers of a brand new chart-eligible NFT music format called a digital pressing. The first new chart eligible format since the MP3. Uh, really interesting and we dive into that fully on this episode. Mike is also an artist manager, a founding committee member of Earth Percent who helped the global music industry tackle climate change and does great work for Warchild in the UK too. I love this chat, it was super honest about where we are now with NFTs in music, how to actually bring this technology to the average fan in an accessible way and we talk about the generational shifts taking place in valuing digital items often more than physical ones as well. This show is of course brought to you by the brilliant every realm if you're looking for the most comprehensive online learning platform for the metaverse and web 3 you need to check out realm academy and make sure you do it soon as well as this offer is only running until the 30th of september 2022 so don't miss out Uh, they are offering each of their self-paced modules at 25 percent off just enter the code back to school at checkout that's back to the number school for 25% off. You'd be silly not to do that. They've also recently gone live with their Fantasy Islands in the Sandbox Alpha 3, which you can check out right now. Uh, more on that later in the show, but all the links you need are in the show notes, so you can easily click through. And as always, nothing in this episode is financial or investment advice. Always do your own research. And with that said, let's dive into this week's episode. Mike, great to have you on the show. Thanks very much for coming on. An absolute pleasure, Luke. I listen to your podcast all the time, so I was honoured to be invited, so thank you. Ah, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's good to have you. Uh, it's going to be a good chat, this one. We are going to talk all about how NFTs are beginning to make an impact in, in the music industry in various different forms, kind of opportunities coming for artists, for labels maybe, for fans as well, and really kind of anyone who wants to sort of connect more with the music and the artists that they love and how NFTs can kind of uh, help do that. So um, yeah, maybe a good place to start, just as a kind of basic overview for anyone who's still quite new maybe curious about nfts has obviously heard and seen some of the hype but in terms of music what do you think is kind of like the the core thing here why should the average fan maybe care about uh, nfts that that an artist could put out okay um i think which, which is a good kind of primer of a question and i may disappoint you with my answer <laughs> in the sense that i'm not 100 percent sure that there are that many executions out there at the moment that are really making fans care certainly broad fans fans that are possibly buying tickets, t-shirts, physical merch. I'm not 100% sure I've seen the right products for them yet that are making the most of the technology. And I think one of the things that I know we'll get on to, to, to kind of what I do as a day job later, but I think one of the things that, that, that we've always kind of thought about when it comes to how we kind of present what we do at Serenade is this idea that we're a music business that wants to create elevated experiences for fans with the technology in the background. And I think so many of the NFT Web3 
three music related projects that we've seen and we've read about and we've engaged with over the past few years. A lot of them seem to put the technology at the front. So it's really clear you're buying an NFT, you're engaging with Web3, you're part of this kind of growing tech usage. And I, I think that's what will change in the near future. I think people will start buying products, engaging with experiences, being part of communities without necessarily knowing what the technology is. And I think we can, in, in, in the Web3 world, I think we can Web3 ourselves out a little bit by putting the technology in front of the experience, in front of the product. Like in the world of Web2, you don't go and check what the code is on every website you read. You know, you don't want to know what program is being used to create the animation or you don't need to know if it's Shopify or it's Magneto that's helping you get the purchase. You're just having an experience that's convenient and enjoyable. And I think that's the next phase for NFTs and Web3, especially when it comes to music. Now, don't get me wrong, and I understand that that's not exactly the question. That's not exactly the answer you're looking for. To answer it more specifically, some of the things that I think the average music fan will come to appreciate and enjoy and engage with is a sense of ownership. So the fact that blockchain technology can give you an immutable status. So you know that the thing that you've bought, there is only going to be a thousand of them ever made. And it can literally have your name on it if you want. And that is something that the world of digital music has missed for such a long time. It's something that the world of physical merch and physical music has enjoyed for a long time. You know, I have many limited edition vinyls. You know, I even have some limited edition CDs somewhere. And the idea of knowing that you're one of only 500 people that own this particular product is really exciting. Bringing that sense of provenance, bringing that sense of ownership with all of the ease and liquidity and immutability of Web3, that's something that I think this technology will be offering music fans in spades in the near future. And I think that's something that will resonate with that collector mentality and that fans wanting to be seen by their artists and wanting to feel closer to their artists. I think that sense of ownership. And then, you know, I'm sure we will talk more about the slightly overused word utility as well. You know, so utility is 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 the thing that can come with an NFT. It's the thing that can be activated by an NFT. It's the thing that your NFT can give you access to. And there's no doubt that that will get traction as well. And that can be guest list for life. You know, that's something that's been done before. You know that because you own this digital token, you know that for the rest of your life, for the rest of the artist's life, you're going to be on the guest list. I mean, that's pretty exciting. That's that's pretty powerful. And I think another overused word when it comes to utility is community. But there is some truth in it because what this technology does enable fans to do and will enable them more so in the future is to create groups, cohorts, fan clubs around artists, even around even around artist projects, artist records, where you're seeing each other as fans and you're able to connect with each other and you're able to be seen by the artist and you're able to be part of a club essentially. So, you know, we've often talked about the fan club on steroids and I think that is something else that this that, that this technology can 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 provide. So I would say as a very broad headline, Luke, I would say a sense of ownership and utility around community. They're probably two of the headlines that I think this technology can offer music fans in the near future. Well, 
today but on scale in the near future yeah that's it i think you're exactly right like there's this very kind of techie crypto bro or whatever you want to call it people who are really into this space and kind of understand that tech stuff and that's great and that's the early adopters and and they are um yeah working you know with that technology in the first phase and there's a lot of experimentation some that's being done well some that isn't and and that's kind of a natural phase of adoption right and and at the same time i think there is an inevitability of all this stuff being amazing for fans being really interesting for artists but we're not there right yet so we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of those specific use cases for people a little bit later as well the other big question that people have especially people come new to this space and mainly kind of read headlines and things that get picked up in, in mainstream press and something that you are really tackling at serenade alongside making nfts easy and kind of not making it technically difficult for people but easy for the average user which which is great the other thing is these environmental concerns right and we're, it's probably good to just sort of cover this early for people so i mean it's been a lot of kind of confusion about it and um, we won't go into the into the full conversation because that'll be a whole podcast on itself but maybe you could just say what you're doing at, at serenade using polygon which um, is a layer two of, of ethereum and, and there's a great kind of line uh, stat i think you have which um, might be good to, to quote it. So, yeah to help people understand yeah of course and so i guess i'll talk about the fact that the environmental sustainability of web3 of products that we create of bringing fans closer to artists to building in uh, you know part of a new economy for music all of that for us has to be underpinned by being sustainable environmentally because it's just something that we all feel really passionate about i mean personally i'm on the founding committee of a, an amazing charity called earth percent which is brian eno's charity that brings the music industry into climate action and i mean we could talk about that for another whole podcast as well and you know they're amazing in terms of what they do to to to, to really create awareness not not just amongst music fans but amongst the music industry of how they can kind of leave the planet in a better place than how they left it which is how we should all view our lives right so why what why should web3 technology be any different especially when you have an opportunity as large as what this technology can do versus what we're already used to so you know we often talk about how we speak to artists who are doing okay they're like i don't know maybe like 500 to a thousand caps around whatever country they live in but they still say that they feel more like t-shirt manufacturers than they do artists because they're just constantly having to produce more stuff in order to get the economics of their business moving you know so to literally stay on the road they have to produce lots of physical stuff i mean fast forward to a few years where digital pressings which is something that we do at serenade or digital merchandise when those things start to scale then actually you can having you can have products that are in, that are incredibly carbon light but content rich and then you will have some artists and some fans who will choose to engage less in physical lines because they know that they're you know ultimately problematic you know how many plastic cassette singles do you need in order to help chart your favorite artist's album that week you know it's it's something that is i mean let's take the cassette as an example that's something that's just being that's just being used as merch no one's even listening to it you know it, it sounds pretty rubbish and it's just landfill right in fact we spoke to a label recently an indie label who didn't put any audio on their cassettes and no one complained so there you go <laughs> it just goes to it goes to show that is it a music format or is it just a piece of plastic merch that helps you get a chart position well it's the it's the latter obviously so so we look at all of that and we say okay we're in a position now where we can bring all of that sense of ownership and collectability and really rich content to music fans via this technology and we can do it in a way that if you pick the right partners and you mentioned polygon before luke and we do work with polygon because we think that they're at the forefront or one of the blockchains at the forefront of making this whole new tech as sustainable as it can be and they were great to work with and for us you know the fact that they're a layer two of ethereum is amazing because it means you get all of the liquidity and immutability of ethereum the security 
majority of Ethereum, but you get to do things, make things in a way more energy efficient way. So as it happens, they're just updating their environmental statistics at the moment. So we'll be able to share them with everybody with everybody soon. But yeah, we do have some, some stats um, based on our use of Polygon, which are things like minting an NFT with us is less than a tweet in terms of the carbon footprint. There are a lot of NFTs you would have to mint with us, a lot of digital pressings, and I mean hundreds of thousands, to get to the same carbon footprint as one 12-inch vinyl. You know, these are all stats that we think are going to be increasingly kind of bright lights for both artists and for fans when when they see just where the shift can happen. The other thing that you'll be aware of, because I know you're very knowledgeable about this, is that Ethereum itself is going through a huge shift in how it produces, um, sorry, how it creates. So, you know, this thing called a merge, which I'm sure some of your listeners will be aware of. It was described to me recently, and I love this visualization of taking a diesel engine out of a moving car and replacing it with a, an electric engine and hoping that nothing falls apart at the same time, which again will change some of the numbers that we're able to um, to, to look at and I'd share with our partners in terms of just how carbon light what we can produce for artists is. But yeah, we really, we really like this idea of giving artists and fans options to do things that are as exciting as everything else they've ever done in the physical space with the same immutability, with even better immutability, with even better transparency on how limited and rare and scalable things are, um, but just doing it in a way that is nowhere near as a carbon footprint as, uh, as, uh, as physical. This show is brought to you by EveryRealm, who are your portal to the metaverse. And if you want to level up quick, you need to check out Realm Academy, which is back with three self-paced modules, Metaverse Foundations, Advanced Topics in Web3, and Intro to Blockchain. Learn from leaders at companies like Ledger, The Sandbox, and Dragonfly Capital, and join tens of thousands of others who've already made their way to the metaverse. Uh, plus, until the 30th of September 2022, which isn't far away, so don't miss out, uh, Every Realm are offering each of their self-paced modules at 25% off. Just enter the code back to school at checkout. That's back to the number school for 25% off. Head to everyrealm.com academy for more or take a look at the show notes for all the links you need. They've also recently launched their Fantasy Islands experience inside the Sandbox Alpha Season 3, which you can play today. The seven quests to complete, you can explore the luxury Frostbite Villa, feed tigers, find the flag and loads more good stuff. Uh, give them a follow at everyrealm on Twitter to find out more. Everything in the show notes and now back to the show. Yeah, and it, there's like a few different big like trends going on there, isn't there? There's the actual um, utility of uh, something digital versus a physical hoodie. You can wear the physical hoodie and that's kind of it. Whereas with the NFT, you can unlock all these things, which we'll talk about in a second. And then there's the kind of tech side of it. So Polygon solves a lot of that energy usage. And then there's kind of other tech things that are happening. And, and then even the broad number is comparable to a lot of other stuff we value, like watching Netflix or putting on Christmas lights. You know, you use a lot of energy as well, but people kind of accept that. So it's a conversation um, which we could go, into for hours but, but it's good to kind of just cover it i think it's, it's something that for a space that's very young has, has adapted quicker than many other industries very very quickly which is cool um yeah so let, let's talk about serenade and, and the platform a little bit more because the other big problem uh, that we mentioned at the beginning of the show is this kind of um ease of use right there's there is this really technical side if, if you want to you know explore the whole nft world and, and own your own assets um hold your own custody with your own private keys you know that's all important but for most users at the minute especially people just want to be able to get the benefits of uh, an nft from an artist that they love 
love and, and what that might unlock. So maybe you could just talk to us, um, you know, briefly about Serenade as a platform and, and how a drop works and how it's easy for the average fan to kind of use the platform. Yeah, of course. And, you know, you mentioned it before. I think you said it, it can be a bit crypto bro when you come to platforms for the first time. And somebody said to us recently that they felt we were the anti-crypto bro platform. So I think we're going to get that on a t-shirt because the, the idea is, is that you should come to Serenade and it should feel like a D2C store. It should feel like a place where as a fan, you can just buy some cool shit from your favorite artist and it shouldn't overwhelm you with the NFT-ness of it all. It should just feel like you're buying records, you're buying some collectibles. And I suppose for us, that's partly about the brand and how the brand presents. And hopefully it's very warm and very simple, but then also how you purchase. So the actual on-ramping of creating a profile and being part of the platform. So it's a frictionless e-commerce experience. It's fiat currency. It's your standard credit card. You can pay in crypto if you want. So that's that's fine. We don't want to disrespect anybody that's in that community that's already buying and collecting. Um, but if you don't know anything about crypto, if you don't even know what crypto is or what an NFT is, you can buy with your credit card and it will be a very similar process as quick as buying a t-shirt on Amazon or buying anything off eBay. Yeah, that's uh, exactly it. And then I'm right thinking, which we've mentioned on, on previous shows, but um, when you when you do that, you Serenade create a wallet for you and then you can take custody of the NFT if, if you want to own it, you know, outright yourself and then go off into the wider NFT world later on down the line. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly right. So so if you have your own wallet and so, so yes, you're exactly right. We, we create the wallet for you in the background. We actually call it a gallery because that just seems like easier language. And you can take off platform if you're if you're more web3 savvy you can take it to OpenSea. you can you can trade you can display wherever you want and that's a really important thing obviously as well because we don't want it to just to be locked to platform yeah yeah nice okay um let's dive into some of the potential use cases that might be still in the future uh, as we've said there's, there's not been loads of people who've executed it amazingly well there's been a few good examples i think people are learning and and um you know fans are getting educated as well so that it will come in time i mean some of the interesting ones you mentioned like kings of leon releasing nfts that they're and people who owned a certain higher tier would have like access to every gig for life type thing is it is kind of a cool utility of a digital collectible that you don't have to keep the physical ticket and scan it multiple times which sort of wouldn't work you can do you can do this digitally Coachella did some interesting stuff where they they had some someone just the digital collectible side and that's that's one element of this it's fun to collect music memorabilia and and you know keep ticket stubs from from the past but you can do that in it in a digital way as well and then yes they had very VIP offerings as well as an auction so there's kind of different uh, things you can do there and maybe you could talk about Nina Nesbitt with, with Serenade as well who kind of added value to her kind of digital NFT there and anything just into the future we, we can kind of you know think think where this will go in time yeah of course yeah thank you so so I guess it is an opportunity for me to talk about the digital pressings that we do which is the which is the product that we launched with Muse uh, at the end of August uh, which was the first newly chart accredited music format since streamed albums in 2015 so we were really proud of getting that chart accreditation in the UK with the OCC and in Australia with ARIA and we're in the process of adding charter credited markets as we speak so that that will just grow and grow from a global perspective and what digital pressings are are just a new way of consuming music some people have described them as a download on steroids because you are listening to the music digitally but you're getting lots of extra stuff so in the case of Muse I mean to be fair to Muse they were relatively lean in terms of their offering but what was important to them was having unique artwork so if you're a, a you know, so if you're a super muse fan when you bought your digital pressing one of a thousand which thankfully sold out very quickly they sold out in 25 minutes and um, what you what you bought was you bought a, a digital version of the album that had artwork on it that was format exclusive 
and it was also digitally signed by the band. You also, and this is the same for all digital pressings, you also get your name on it. So the so we have something called the first owners module, which means that the first owner of every digital pressing has their name indelibly etched onto the record, which means that even if they were taking it off platform, displaying it and even trading it, their name is on that copy forever. So if I bought number one and you bought number 1000, your name's on it, my name's on it. We know the number that we've bought and that's it in the world forever. And Muse and Muse fans found that really exciting. Something else that Muse added in to their offering was 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 a kind of audio file element, so downloadable FLAC files, premium audio, which some of their fans found really interesting as a kind of added extra to, to, to buy in this brand new format. And then the second one we did was just last week with Nina Nesbitt, fantastic Scottish kind of indie pop artist, and she used some of the features a bit more fully. So one of the features that we have on the digital pressing is something called voice notes, which is the ability for the artist to speak directly to the fans, have commentary on the record. It could be as in-depth as somebody talking about how they produced it, who they produced it with, what guitar pedals they used, or it can be as light and daft as an artist like Liam Gallagher telling his fans to effing do one, you know, but it's still, it's still audio that fans would find exciting and they know that it's exclusive to this format and they're one of only a thousand or 250 people that have access to these voice notes. Um, and in the case of Nina, she did a wonderful job for us in terms of just doing like a minute or two on each song on her album and just talked about how the song was written, why the song was important to her, what she hoped fans would get from the song. And it was just a really beautiful commentary. I mean, we know that's not new. You can get track by track audio on lots of different platforms, but this was exclusive to this particular format, to this particular version. And um, it was just done really well. And she's a great communicator and it was a really lovely thing for fans to enjoy and, and, and they really responded well to it. She also used some of the other kind of extra rewards we call them and she had a series of unseen photographs so the the album was recorded in sweden she's of swedish heritage um, that's very important to her so she had this wonderful photo shoot in sweden and not not all of the photographs were published so some of them were exclusive to the format so fans could have access to those as well and yeah that was the that was how she how she delivered her digital pressing and um yeah her fans her fans that bought it really really enjoyed it yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it? it's it's another format to really um attach unique things to for, for fans um you know who really love that artist the most and um yeah various different ways of doing that but the other thing that strikes me as well is in terms of kind of discovering new artists as well and artists who are coming up now who uh maybe are making nfts or who are going to in the future you've got the kind of um, exclusive access as a fan if you love that fan and you want to support them and you want to prove that you were early there you can own one of those early nfts but also as that as that artist grows especially if they're an emerging artist those things could become very valuable as unique collectibles ongoing into the future and that's never really been an opportunity that if you spotted an artist first and like i've had that conversation with my girlfriend who you know sort of spotted uh, an artist who then blew up and was like oh i wish i'd been part of that movement right own something being part of um, that community other than just maybe on social media so yeah that, uh, that i imagine will get interesting as as this kind of um rolls out in time totally like we often say can you imagine if billy eilish should like produce like 500 copies of ocean eyes as a digital pressing like 
like when she was just starting out. And actually it would have been in keeping with, and, and the same with lots of artists when they're starting out, would have been in keeping with that kind of self-supporting kind of indie ethos of I'm going to find 500 fans, I'm going to find a find thousand fans and they're going to be part of the beginning of my journey. And can you imagine how much that would be worth now? I mean, I'm not saying that digital pressings and music NFTs are all about secondary, far from it. What we find on Serenade, partly because of our ease of onboard, is that lots of fans just want to keep, they just want to hold, they just want to collect. But of course, you're going to get speculators and of course, you're going to get traders. And can you imagine to your point that if somebody had like somebody in our team at Serenade and I still can't quite get over hating them for it, has one of the very early seven inch singles the Arctic Monkeys released prior to getting prior to getting signed to Domino. Um, very, very rare, go for a high price on Discogs. And you can imagine what the NFT version of that would be. And of course, these Arctic Monkey seven inches do trade on Discogs and people do make a profit out of them. Now that's, that's in the physical world where the artist no longer participates in those trades. As we know, the great thing about Web3 NFTs, digital pressings, is that every time those goods are traded, the artist, the original artist gets a royalty, which is, which is, you know, again, never happened really in the history of art. So not only do you get the kind of the bragging rights, if you like, of saying that you were the first of this community of a few hundred that own these digital pressings, own these tokens, own these music NFTs, if you wanted to in the future, you could go and sell them when they appreciate in value. You could do very well out of it yourself, but you also know that every single time it's traded, your favorite artist is getting paid as well, which which is not something that would have happened before. So yeah, that idea of, I suppose, every music fan is a kind of secret A&R scout. It's like they want to be boasting to their friends that they were on something early. And we have an emerging artist program initiative that we're going to be bringing out later this year, which is just going to make it really easy for emerging artists to come and make digital pressings with us, have a very kind of straightforward onboarding process for them. And it will then be their job to go and find that first 50 fans. And that first 50 fans will be, from the artist's point of view, doing a number of things. They'll be helping the artist proof the interest that they have as an artist, because, you know, putting five pounds down on a, on a digital pressing single or 10 pounds down on a digital pressing EP or whatever it's going to cost, that's quite a commitment at an early stage. And that means a lot more to the artist than following them on social media or just streaming them you know so just this idea that and again it comes back to that visibility of connection as well you know that artist will know exactly who those first 50 fans are and they will have their names they will literally have their addresses which is which is really exciting for the fans as well so i guess there's the idea of proofing audience so proofing the fact that as an emerging artist there are people that are prepared to back you to that level but then also it's the beginning of that community it's the beginning of your footprint in this new world and you can then communicate with those owners forever you can send them messages to say thank you very much you can send them pre-sales for tickets you can send them discount codes for merch you can send them a new nft you can send them things that build into a phrase we've all used before the fan club on steroids where you're providing so much value that not only do you have fans that are feeling special you also have an army of advocates and street marketeers who are out there talking about what a great experience they're having with this amazing artist 
they've discovered. So it's that kind of getting the flywheel moving for, for, for emerging artists as well as something this technology can be really good at. Yeah, for sure. And and, and this is where we start to kind of unravel the, the utility and these words like community start to make a bit more sense when you dive into the possibilities here, even though we're in the very first innings of this whole thing. Because also you can add value later down the line as well. If you're an owner of an early NFT, you might have bought it on Serenade, which uh, the price is already accessible, we should say as well for, for a lot of these drops for, you know, £10 or something like that as what you thought was a digital collectible and you were just collecting it for maybe only that reason. You didn't even think of a utility and then later down the line, that artist gets ma- massive and wants to thank their fans from day one and, oh, look, who's holding it and you were there on the blockchain so we can, you know, reward you with some special tickets for a special event or anything like that. Like, you can continuously add that value, which is cool. And the other thing I wanted to mention as well is it's kind of like the world is the artist's oyster in the sense that you can give some power over to your community as well. Maybe if you're an owner of, a, of an early NFT and, and they want help voting on what the track list for the album should be or for their gigs or whatever, then people holding that NFT can can have a vote in kind of creative uh, outputs of, you know, what the artist wants to do. So I think there's all these things kind of coming that haven't really yet fully been revealed, but it seems inevitable that, that those types of things will happen as well. And then people will click, okay, I get the utility of something digital that is, is kind of the ownership's provable in that way, I think. The other thing I wanted to ask you about as well, you know, all of that is, is there. And then also we have, you know, as another kind of big trend that's happening at the same time is is moving towards digital experiences, right? And obviously on this show, we talk about the metaverse quite a lot and, and kind of virtual experiences. And, you know, for music fans, particularly being sweaty in a, in a hall in that gig is going to be the number one experience forever. But there are interesting virtual experiences going on. So, you know, we've um, seen kind of Justin Bieber do virtual tours and and for especially for a younger audience, people like Ariana Grande doing tours in Fortnite and stuff like that and, and other platforms that likely will use nfts as well to kind of open up access to virtual experiences and digital merch at scale so digital fashion items for these virtual gigs and then you see that kind of is a whole nother thing to to be uh, revealed yet uh, as well so are you thinking about that kind of utility for, for kind of virtual experiences that are probably coming for for bands and artists well that's a really interesting thing that i think points to the generational shift that we're going to have as well. So in terms of what the metaverse offers now is, to me, metaverse experience is like my daughter going into uh, Roblox um, or her friends in Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever. The fact that they're having these virtual experiences, the fact that they're essentially going into their own little metaverses, they are putting, or already they're putting digital ownership above physical ownership. So the fact that they can display these skins, the fact that they can display who they are, show their taste in these virtual spaces, that tells me a number of things, but it tells me that the metaverse is only just getting started, which is something I know that you talk about a lot on your podcast, quite rightly, and there will be lots of different metaverses, and there will be just like there are different cities in different countries where people spend their time now, and some will lean into certain activities, and and, and that's going to be really exciting how that all kind of plays out, and which I've heard you talk about before. And so it tells me that the metaverse isn't going away or metaverses isn't going away but it also tells me that this idea of digital ownership is only going to grow and that's going to be driven by a generation who will think i mean i'll give you an example so my 10 year old daughter has already been asking me why i would get my friends around on a saturday night to get them drunk to show them my record collection and i'm like all right that's a bit judgy but okay because 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 she'll also be the generation that doesn't drink i imagine as well which which is fine with me but so so she thinks it's really weird that i go through the inconvenience 
experience of having my friends come to my house to show them my records because she's like well I've got a black pink collectible that every black pink fan in the world can see and I haven't got to go they haven't got to come to my house and I haven't got to go to their house and, and there it is and then she'll also say which is quite advanced for her age I think she'll also say to me that Led Zeppelin vinyl that you're telling me is really rare I don't know it's rare but I know that this black pink collectible is rare because I know there's only 100 that's ever been made that are ever going to be made so there it is there's that there's that shift there's that culture consumer shift that's just around the corner in terms of the people we speak to and we, when when you when you're involved in this sector as part of your job you inevitably spend a lot of your time speaking to people who are just like I don't get it this is crazy why would I buy a jpeg blah 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 expensive monkeys all the rest of it we've heard it all before now the truth is is that you don't need to get it now I mean it helps if you do but the generations coming up will and you're you're either going to be aware of the shift in understanding and the shift in what it means to own and to collect and to share and to sell and to show off how they understand all that is just going to be very different and their digital literacy will will drive that yeah i always say the kids and the nerds said lovingly because we're all a nerd about something know know everything first and it's, it's always always true they yeah that generation is they're, they're already um familiar with this and, and native to it so it's uh to bet against that seems like a, a strange thing but yeah you know uh it will take some time i'm uh, coming towards the end of the chat really but there was one last thing uh, and this is kind of uh going in probably at the at the deepest level but how are you thinking about you know how we consume music in the future at the minute we have platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, which give amazing experiences to users. You pay £10 a month, whatever it is, and you have access to all the tracks in the world. You know, generally there's the conversation to round, uh, are those rates right? And that might fall in, in with the labels, might fall with the platforms. But for a lot of artists, maybe they uh, feel that, you know, the, the rates are quite small, some would say, maybe not everyone. And I saw an interesting clip recently about uh, somebody was saying to sell a music NFT, selling 25 NFTs at 0.1 ETH at the minute is the equivalent of 1 million streams on a, uh, a track on, on Spotify. So there is a potential kind of conversation around revaluing music a bit that you know an artist could put up a track as an nft for a, a fan who really wants to buy that and maybe they'll buy it for you know a significant amount of money especially as an emerging artist and then that track can be available to everyone for free but it acts more like art right like buying an art piece and then everybody can can look at it yes i mean it starts to get a little bit deep but do, do you think there is a shift coming in that realm or is that maybe a bit far down the line yet no no i think it's already i think it's already here and i think dsps digital streaming platforms um, Spotify, Apple, Deezer, etc. Then they're never. I don't think they're ever going to go away because they're just so convenient. And as a music fan, like mind-blowingly great, right? Like I mean, the entire world's music on your phone, like that's mental, right? So like they're never going to go away. And I have to be clear, even with something like a digital pressing, which is, as I say, this brand new chart-accredited format that we've invented, we're not competing for airtime. So we're not expecting the fans that buy it to necessarily listen to the album on it because in the same way that the limited vinyl isn't necessarily listened to or as already discussed the cassettes certainly aren't listened to it's just a proof of ownership and it's just saying that even though I'm maybe listening to the music on Spotify I'm owning it on Serenade or I'm owning it via Discogs or I'm owning it via HMV or whatever so I think that's where the two things can coexist and can coexist as they always have done really and there will be waves of vinyl being very popular which is which which, which is happening now 
now, but at the same time, vinyl's logistically very difficult, you know? Six to nine month traffic jams trying to get your records pressed. That's pretty crippling for some independent artists. Take a product like digital pressings, we can turn that around in a week and you can have as much, if not more content on there than the limited pressing of a deluxe vinyl. This idea of kind of shifting the kind of the ownership and the premium deluxe version of what a music consumer wants from the physical to the digital doesn't impinge on streaming numbers or shouldn't impinge on streaming numbers. You know, I own a, I own a lot of vinyl and I, and I will at the weekend when I have time try and listen to music on vinyl because I like the focus of that. I like the fact that it's, it's on and you're going to listen to the whole thing and then you're going to turn it over and you side one, side two. Like I love that process, but that's because I'm of a certain age. But that doesn't mean to say that for sheer convenience, I'm not listening to music on Spotify, which I am for the vast majority of the time because it's just easy and it's a great it's a great platform so i think where the kind of economic rebalance can be kind of set slightly is is when there are digital products that provide a higher margin to artists perpetual royalties through the resale like we discussed before and a kind of chunkier investment from the fan because they're owning something if they can scale up then artists are yeah to go back to your original point artists are going to see a revaluation of their art but as i say shouldn't necessarily be competing with uh, with the convenience of streaming yeah i think that's always the trend of technology when when stuff as stuff moves isn't it in the, in the same way that you know tv is there and will be there for a long time for various purposes that it serves really well spend a lot of my time on youtube now because it's convenient and everyone can make content and it's scalable all over the world and everyone you know has access to that and and yeah just depending on your habits as you grew up you'll allocate your time to these kind of different tech formats right and i think nfts will, are, are the next kind of version of that if, if that makes sense but um yeah no brilliant i mean there's there's so much in there and, and i think it'd be great to revisit it in probably a year when we see some of this stuff start to make sense a little bit more in in the mainstream people kind of get it uh, a little bit but it's great always to be early to kind of get ahead of, of the curve right and there's always interesting opportunities at this point uh, as well um, i guess final question is is just if there's anything else you, you'd love to talk about uh, from serenade what's kind of coming up over the next six months what are you focused on uh, yeah we'd love, love to hear what's coming that's a good question, Luke. Thank you for asking it. And 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 I suppose it, it is just about digital pressings, really. You know, we've 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 created this new format. It's it's very different to having an NFT as part of a physical bundle, which has been getting some headlines recently. And fair play to those artists and those labels that have been grabbing those headlines. This is very different to that. This is an actual new music format. So this is this is additive to a bundle. This is additive to streaming. This is this is completely new. And we're really excited about the fact. That that the chart accreditation is just going to spread globally and um yeah as i said kind of bringing a kind of more emerging artist kind of on ramp to the fore soon as well and just making it really easy for artists to engage with and and, and for fans also and then yeah just keep on releasing uh, keep on releasing music with different artists of different genres of different labels of different sizes and just keep building this new this new way of consuming music the, that's the that's the plan really yeah love it and uh yeah finally i'll pop it all in, in the show notes but um where should people go to check out serenade and, and how can they get involved uh, in in your community as well of course yeah so it's um serenade.co is the is the platform and then all the social tags will will be on there and yeah you can find me on twitter at mike walsh music and yeah thank you for having me luke thanks very much for coming on appreciate it <laughs>